0: everyone to the Potential Awaits podcast. My name is Sue Wetsworth, your host, coach, and professor that founded Worth Results, a company to help people maximize their potential and achieve what they want out of life. Today, we're going to talk about scams. So put away your distractions and focus on today's lesson because this podcast class is now in session. Every month, I provide an inspirational story for my listeners, something that can motivate you to do something different, or start something new, or even just feel good about what you've heard. But an event happened to a friend of mine recently, and that inspired me to talk about it, and of course, other darker aspects of life, and these are called scams. This is another subject that isn't really taught or studied. We just seem to learn through experience and listening to other stories in the hopes we can become better prepared. Now, the government and authorities are being a bit more educational than they used to be, but only, unfortunately, after scam artists have actually hit. Then they provide us what to watch out for. I am going to the darker side of education and preparation. So, that this lesson can better prepare you for the various scams and thefts that are out there. Now, before you think I used to run a scam artist ring, no. I just have decades of experience helping clients out of scams and are very educated on their techniques. In addition, I taught fraud prevention techniques when I was in banking. So, it is a skill set I have. Now, to the story What recently happened? My friend called her sister. Just to see how things were going and realized her sister was crying. She asked why, and her sister, um, we'll just call her Mary. Mary said she got a letter and then a phone call from a collection agency saying that her TD credit card that she had about 30 years ago or so still hasn't been paid and with the accrued interest now totals about $23,000. However, They'd be fine to accept just a balance of about $5,880 and then they can finalize the matter without taking further steps. Now I'm summarizing the details here for brevity. They told her that they had located her, her through her SIN and had information. And as a result, um, based on this credit card, they're being tasked with its collection. Now. The first thing you need to understand is that they have her exactly where they want her. She is scared and upset. When we become scared, that is a level of fear that takes away our ability to think rationally. To work through what someone is saying to make sense of it becomes much more difficult when we are experiencing extreme fear and emo- extreme negative emotion. So second. Most people feel that some something or someone who's representing an official body is going to be honest and not deceptive. She went into the conversation thinking these people are being honest and that they have a job to do. She also received a letter before the call. So again, it was seeming legitimate. Third, they're asking for money, but they came across like they were helping her by offsetting the request for the the entire amount. They are a collection agency, and sometimes collection, collection agencies have the power to collect what they can. That key word here is sometimes. The end result after speaking with me and going through a lot of questions with her, we were able to determine, yes, it was a scam. But I want to continue to dissect all of these key issues in the various situations that the scam artists presents themselves. We call these key issues red flags. Now, red flags are warning signs used in boating and other industries to denote danger. And red flags through the finance industry is very dangerous. So, I'll be going through the red flags of this and other stories like it so you can see for yourself the dis- difference between the truth and the scam. So, first thing about the scam, which is sometimes difficult to determine whether they are real or not, is they are representing an agency or a firm or even an individual that is official. And they expect you usually to know nothing or very little about that agency or that firm or even that person. For example, the CRA, a bank, a government agency, a collection agency, a law firm, all of these have been used in scams to try and get either your money or even access to information about you. Giving them information is more dangerous than giving them money actually and and because they can now perform identity theft. A, A bit more on that a little later. All of these companies that I mentioned are official, and a large majority of the population know nothing about them or their procedures. So, how can you tell the difference? First off, most of these organizations will not call you. They certainly will not text you and likely not email you. They will send what they need and they will do it by mail first. Now, on the off chance you do get a call, You need to determine if this person is real or not. The first question, who is contacting you? Now, in this case, Mary got a letter and then a call. The letter, again, is standard procedure. So, how was this a scam? Mary gets a letter. The first thing she does, like most people, is Google the organization. She found it on the internet. It seemed legitimate. Great. But here's the thing. The best scammers and frauders will do their homework and pick a legitimate company to impersonate. They can copy the information. They can copy the logos, put it on a piece of paper and make it a letterhead just to show legitimacy. But that's the first thing you need to do is you need to do your research. Second, is the way they're contacting you normal? Again, CRA will never text you, nor will banks. Banks will not text you either they will not send you a link to open or ask you to call them. They can call you and leave a message and ask you to call them. Um, But with this case, there was a letter and then there was a call. So again, it seems normal. CRA will not call you, by the way. Banks, lawyers, and collection companies will call you. So, again, how was this a scam? The next thing is, what are they saying? First, are they asking for money or giving you money? Both are red flags. You need more information before doing anything. Next, are they asking you to confirm any information? If they are, do not provide any information. In this case, the company said they had her sin. Now, I don't believe they asked her to confirm that, but if they ask you to confirm your sin, don't. That is never a procedure that is done in any process, not by CRA, not by banks, no one. I'll give you an example of what they will ask for though. One time my husband got a call from Visa, not a particular bank, just Visa, saying they could lower his interest costs if he was interested. Now again, most people want to save money, so they said the right thing to keep the con going. Now, here's where they made their mistake. They asked if he could confirm his visa number. So, he got at his visa card and started to read it it out to them. That's when I started to pay attention. I asked him what was he doing and who was he talking to. He said it was visa. They said they could lower my interest rate. I said, give me the phone. So, he gives me the phone. I spoke with them and the gentleman on the phone said they were calling from visa. Now, in Canada, we have banks connected to Visa and MasterCard. So, it won't just be Visa calling or MasterCard calling. They only do that in the States. So, after a few questions, when he wasn't connecting his Visa company to a bank, I realized it was a scam, told them we weren't interested. Now, the problem is, is that my husband already gave them a Visa card number. And I asked him, why did he do that? And he said, I don't know. I knew better. Um, but I just did what they said. So, of course, he now had to call the actual bank and the credit card company to block his card and get them to issue a new one because the information was out there. Now, what are they asking for? In Mary's case, they wanted money that, and they gave easy ways to send it. Saying that she could email money transfer, that was a definite red flag. Corporations will not request email money transfers, so don't do that. I know it may sound convincing or easy, but don't do it. Don't pay anything online either. Official companies and bank, banks won't ask you to do that. They won't ask you to complete information from a link. Now, if they had asked her to send a check, then we may have an issue. But that amount would need to be certified and hopefully when she went to the bank, the bank would have asked her questions on who it's to be made out to and who it's for and hopefully would have told her it was a scam. The final part is the why. Why do they want money or information? They're calling as a collection agency in my example, collecting a debt which collection companies do. In Mary's case, they needed to plant Doubt that she had an old credit card that could have had a balance on it. Was it true? She wasn't sure. That was the problem. If you know fact from lie, it is easier to catch them in the lie. I was called once and I was told my nephew was in Europe and he was in jail and needed money for bail. Now, again, they called the wrong person because, unfortunately, not only was that the most current scam going at the time because they were preying on older people, generally wanting to help their family. I had heard of the scam and was very, very prepared. But many older people came into the bank asking to wire funds overseas in order to help their grandson or nephew. And by the way, they picked the relative based on the age of the person on the phone. So with me, they picked nephew. With people older, they picked grandson. Luckily, we told them to do nothing um, but there's some people who didn't go to the bank to do the wire. They went to places like Western Union, and they may have lost the money. So for me, in that example, I had fun with the guy on the call and then said, oh, by the way, RCMP is, is tracking this call. Um, expect a visit. And then they hung up immediately. That's normally what I say when I have scammers on the phone. You know what? Frawners and scammers are trained to do what they need to do, which is get your money or information. The idea is, is you need to be smarter than they are. And just if you think info isn't as scary, I will leave you with this one last story of a scam. A client received a U.S. check in the mail. It was over $3,000 U.S. And, you know, they were happy to see it and they were going to cash it. Now, they had a business, so they just thought maybe it was some receivable they didn't collect or wasn't really sure. Again, in their mind, it was found money. So you're thinking, hey, what's wrong with that? Plenty. As soon as you deposit that, the bank encodes your account number on the bank, the back of the check. And they have that info returned to them. Why? Because this company has a check return process. So that check gets sent back to them. So that's one thing. Now they have your account number. Second, you spend the money. But here's the thing. The bank account isn't real. So that check gets returned back. So now you're out that money that you just spent. So what happens? They're going to call you explaining how sorry they are. And it was a cleric- clerical error or something. And they just need your information so that they can wire you the money. Because you're obviously not going to accept another check again. And now they he they have even more bank info on you. They can impersonate you or your business. And with that, they can create new checks and get you into a whole bunch of trouble. And now, by the way, your bank wants the money back to offset what you already spent. And it goes on and on. So, in short, if you get some random check in the mail, just go to the bank. Don't cash it. Ask them to investigate it, and they will. Obviously, I can go on and on on different scams that have happened. Uh, In April, the biggest one is text messages from CRA saying, here's your link to your refund, and so on, and don't do it. To recap, who are they? Is the process that they are applying, is that reasonable for who they are? What are they calling about? What do they want? I want you to doubt their intentions first before trusting they are real. If they are real, ask them to prove it. And you know what? They will prove it many times over with no concerns of being asked to do just that. If you don't know, stop the conversation, call someone to inquire more. Call someone like a banker, the police, the RCMP, or a fraud hotline to help you. If you don't know how to access the RCMP or a fraud hotline, Google that information, talk to a banker, they will help you. The biggest thing in any conversation is keep your head on straight. Think about you, and most importantly, actually, think. When in doubt, don't give any info or money. It will keep what is yours yours. That's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. I know there are a lot of choices out there and I'm so happy you spent time with me learning about these things. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a lesson. If you want to talk more about your own story or have a specific question to be answered, head over to worthresults.com and connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. See you next time.